edition where this week we watched not a scream movie but a festive film Krampus so festive <laughs> it's more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard I mean yeah. I don't want to get into that debate but they're both <laughs> Christmas movies but this one is like explicitly a Christmas movie yes which we can discuss whether that's a good thing or not. Yeah. But it is. It definitely is. Uh, yeah, so we watched we watched Krampus. Uh, surprise! Surprise! It's a little gifty for you folks at home. Uh, a little special Hanksy Panksy Christmas edition special. Yep. Uh, yeah, Krampus came out in 2015. Yep, yep. Um, Which yeah. we will also probably talk about. Yeah, um, we'll talk about that release date and a year on the release date. Yeah. Um, this is a Michael Darty film uh, who directed and wrote Trick or Treat, which is one of our favorite movies. Which we will also talk about probably more than you want us to because that movie is fantastic <laughs> yeah. and everyone should watch it. Yeah, so we'll be kind of comparing it probably to Trick or Treat quite a bit. Um, yeah, I don't know, Jackie, what's your relationship to Krampus like? I saw it in theaters when it came out. Uh, this was, I was either in law, no, I would have graduated by that point from law school. And I had a friend that was also into horror. So our whole friendship was based around when a new horror movie came out, we would go see it together. Um, nice. And we were both really excited about Krampus because we both really liked Trick or Treat. And so we were like, Michael Doherty's coming out with another holiday horror movie so we saw Krampus um and yeah that's kind of it I haven't seen it since then until last night uh and yeah not much more to say how about you any relationship with this movie never seen it didn't know a thing about Krampus uh so I learned quite a bit about Krampus <laughs> as far as like pagan folklore goes do you want to talk a little bit about maybe the source material on yeah Krampus um I mean, I am far from an expert. I am, full disclosure, I consider myself pagan, uh, kind of on the witchy side, but I've never really had much of a relationship with the mythological Krampus. Uh, so, although I do tend toward uh, Norse or Germanic folklore as like a lot of my connection with paganism. But you are um, not a Nazi. I am have to not. Clarify, yes, that's the world we live in these because days. Because <laughs> a lot of Norse pagans are fucking Nazis, and they should all be hexed into oblivion. So, just saying that uh, <laughs> out front. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it does kind of add like a layer of my experience of this movie. I think that uh, it is largely from like pagan folklore and. It, it has kind of some pagan themes, sort of. Uh, but frankly, so does Christmas. So pretty much any Christmas movie is drawing from pagan 
stuff because most of like what we now do to celebrate Christmas as a Western society uh, is straight up stolen. Yeah. Like I didn't realize you were telling me the other day about Loki being, uh, or not Loki, uh, Balder being killed by mistletoe. Yes. Uh, which is why we're supposedly we kiss under mistletoe because uh, Balder got killed by mistletoe. Loki's fault, of course. And uh, supposedly, uh, at least one version that I've heard, Baldur's mom afterwards was like, yeah, we need to like redeem mistletoe somehow. It's We're going to just decree that it can no longer be used for evil. It's now going to be a sign of like love and joy and celebration. Uh, I don't know how that got translated to you kiss under it, uh, but... Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> um, also, I have a tattoo of mistletoe on the back of my neck, which, because of um, the mythology, I'm not going to go into like my personal reasons for it, but I do like that it does mean that I have mistletoe over my ass. So I'm just constantly <laughs> telling people to kiss my ass. Amazing. Yeah, so as far as I understand it, the original myth of Krampus, or belief in Krampus, is that uh, Krampus is like, um a yule entity um that likes to show up and then if children have misbehaved he will chase them and beat them (laughs) Um, (laughs) so that's delightful (laughs) i think that's so much better than a lump of coal i know right it's this he's so he's got big horns he's kind of like a satyr but like a scarier demon Kind of say, and there's like a lot of old Christmas cards that had Krampus on them, so Mm -hmm. it it was it became very associated with like happy Christmas holiday stuff. But like, I don't know, that stuff can be pretty dark sometimes, I guess. Yeah, so I just think it's way more compelling if you're telling kids you better behave or you're gonna get a lump of coal, and it's like, well. I can sell that on eBay. Sure. Um, or just tell kids, look at this cool rock I got. Yeah. Uh, but if you're like this hoofed demon is going to show up and beat you near to death <laughs> if you misbehave, I don't know. It's it's fantastic. Um, but that kind of leads us into, uh, and I don't envy you this position, what is the plot of Krampus? Great question. Okay, so... Uh, the the movie starts out with the opening scene slash opening credits is like this long slow motion uh, display of really violent Christmas shopping. Uh, people I forgot about that in a yeah. department store straight up beating each other <laughs> over stuffed animals and Christmas decorations. Uh, lots of shots of security guards for this department store tasing people and dragging people out by their collars. And it's um, it, it leads you to think this movie is going to be about like the commercialization of Christmas or something. Um, and then it kind of pans over to these kids doing in like a nativity performance of some kind, uh, beating the hell out of each other and the parents trying to pull them apart. Uh, And this is, if you would recognize some of the faces of the parents um, because they're well-known actors. So this is the family that we are following in this movie. So then we cut to them uh, coming home from them 
breaking up this fight between the kids. And we find out that the kid that was fighting, his name is Max, uh, was upset because the other kid was disrespecting Santa, basically. Yeah. Um, and we see the family kind of being like, okay, well, maybe don't pick fights with kids that are bigger than you. Uh, and the sis- his older sister is making fun of him like, you know Santa's not real. And he's like, I don't want him to ruin it for the other kids. And you can see him getting kind of defensive and insecure about his uh, apparent belief in Santa. Um, we also meet uh, Omi, who is his paternal grandmother, uh, who speaks German. And it was sensibly, well, you said it's an Austrian dialect, right? Yeah, I only know that from, like, IMDb trivia, so I, and I don't personally speak German or Austrian. I I don't know if you would consider them different languages or just dialects. I think they're just dialects, but yeah, and I think Krampus is Bavarian in origin, so that can make some sense. Um, I don't know. Anyway, she's she's a Germanic person. Yes, Um, and... Max clearly understands German, but speaks to her in English, and we get subtitles. So oh, throughout the movie, we get this uh, Omi speaking German, um, and uh, being really sympathetic toward Max is a uh, whole love of Christmas and the Christmas spirit and Santa, and um, she comments about, uh, yes, I believe in St. Nicholas, but uh, I believe... That can mean different things for different people. Uh, so it's it's kind of sweet, little Christmassy family moment. Uh, pretty much the only sweet family moments that we get are between Omi and Max, or occasionally between, like, Max's dad and Max, try, where Max's dad tries to, like... Well, I'll get to it. Um, because then we get the extended family coming into town, and this ain't is... That, ain't that always the case? Yep. Uh... <laughs> As someone who has many Christmas memories of extended family kind of being the making you want to hate Christmas, this is definitely um, relatable. Uh, so we get an aunt, an uncle, and three, four cousins. Um, lots of children. There's like an indeterminate number of babies and small children because there's yeah. a baby, and then there's also like a little kid we don't see a lot of. I think there's there's just the one. I think there's, yeah. I think, yeah, honestly, it's sort of hard to track because the parents explicitly lose track of the number of their own children. They are not good parents. I think they have five. There's the little baby, there's the little girl, there's the two sisters, and then there's the big kid, the boy. I think the little girl and the baby are the the same. same? Okay. (laughs) And I say that because there are times where like the little girl will crawl away and they'll be and no one is holding a baby and they'll like it's Yeah. You never see them at the same time. So I think they are the same, but is the baby slash little girl is sometimes so bundled up that it looks smaller? I don't know. Honestly, maybe there are two and the parrots just are so bad at keeping track of them when they're being attacked by monsters yeah there's the point being they got a lot of kids yep um and they as soon as they show up the core family is immediately miserable you see it on all of their faces they all have this like resigned misery of like oh god i have to deal with these people um they also have a surprise uh guest in aunt dorothy who i guess is 
the mom's aunt uh, and she just immediately comes in and starts complaining and criticizing. Um, and the, uh, so the Max's aunt and uncle, uh, the uncle is like a gun nut who is constantly talking down to the dad about being like a pussy or whatever because he's liberal i don't know it's yeah it's relatable and not in a fun way um so so yeah there's just this this family of bickering complaining uh people some of the cousins start bullying max at the dinner table everyone's complaining about the food and Max is sitting there very upset and has written a letter to Santa Claus, which one of the cousins has found and decides to do a dramatic reading of at the table uh, just to be an asshole. And the, the letter is so sweet. The letter is like, please have th- have good things happen to all the people in my life. And it's like, the more you hear of it, the more you're like, stop being an asshole to this child who is just trying to be a good person. Yeah, Max is universally a good kid. Yeah, and everyone just gives him shit for it. Um, And they make fun of him for still believing in Santa Claus and writing a letter to Santa Claus. Uh, So that night, Max gets really upset, tears the letter up, and throws it out the window. And then the camera pulls back and we see the letter swirl in the wind up to the sky and then there's just the shot of the whole neighborhood going dark and storm clouds coming in Uh oh! and you just know something real bad's coming and the movie flips on a dime into a horror movie the rest of this movie is basically like survival horror yeah um which is kind of a fun transition. I am a sucker for a movie that just flips genres partway through. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's the setup. Uh, it turns out that he accidentally summoned Krampus. So Krampus. everyone wakes up in the morning and there's a blizzard outside. They can barely see anything. There is no power. There are no phone connections. Nothing. They're like weirdly blasé about the fact that like the radio stations yeah. are out. <laughs> And like they are totally cut off yeah, and they the don't seem to lines, think that's weird. The phone lines don't work. There's like no cell reception like they're and they're like, Meh, I guess everything's out. And these are different technologies. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, why didn't anyone see this blizzard coming? That's weird. Yeah. Um, And then and there's like creepy snowmen in the yard and only Max seems to think that's weird. Like who built that? And the parrots are like, that's nice. That's nice, Max. Look, it's a snowman. And then every time someone gets ganked, spoiler alert, people get ganked in this movie. <laughs> yes, they do. There's a new snowman out front, a new creepy snowman, and no one else seems perturbed by this. Yeah. Even in the middle of the shit, which we're going to get to. Yeah. No one ever really comments on the creepy snowman. Not much, uh, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um, I feel like more attention should be paid to the creepy mm-hmm. snowman. Um but yeah, we do get um, one outside person show up briefly, which is a delivery guy from DHL. Thanks, DHL. Thanks, Thanks for your DHL. money. Except um, my favorite part of that is that he mentions the boys in brown. Yes. So they took DHL's money and then made this uh, stand in, like, reference their main competitor. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. Um, so I, I have questions that we can get to later about, like, where did the DHL guy come from? Is mm-hmm. he also 
pissing off Krampus somehow? Because anyway, <laughs> um, but the the teenage daughter can't get a hold of her boyfriend, and I guess he lives a couple of blocks away. So she's like, "Hey, parents, could I go check on my boyfriend, make sure he's okay?" Uh, it's only a couple blocks away, and they're like, "Okay, but turn right around and come back. Like you have an hour, or we'll start worrying." Um, so she goes out into the storm. And we start seeing the rest of the neighborhood and it is like frozen over, not just like blizzarded, but every house is completely covered in ice. Yeah. Um, and there is nothing, no one on the road. Everything is dead. Uh, and we get uh, this creepy silhouetted thing with horns on a roof, jumping from roof to roof. And she immediately clocks that this is not good and starts running and screaming. Yeah, props to her for being like, oh, no, 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 yeah. no. Because not enough people do that in horror movies where you see the abominable creation of, like, this. you see this hell spawn. Yeah. And some people were like, what am I looking at? And she's just, like, immediately going, nope, yep. nope. I, I don't know what I'm looking at, but it it isn't bad. It's not it's, good. I It's going to eat me. I'm going to start running and screaming. And she does. And she hides under a car. She, she hides under the DHL van. Oh, is it the DHL? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That poor DHL guy probably got ganked then. Well, she sees him. She looks in and he's frozen over. Oh, I missed dead. that. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then she crawls under the DHL van. Interesting. Thanks again. Thanks for your money, DHL. <laughs> uh, neither rain nor snow. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> nor Krampus. Nor Krampus. Or maybe maybe just Krampus. Yeah, maybe just Krampus. Uh, and then there, she hears like this creepy music and she looks over and there's a little closed up jack in the box and the little crank starts going around and the music happens. And she's like, oh, that's going to kill me. She immediately jumps to the correct conclusion about the creepy toy, Mm -hmm. which I feel like, again, other horror movie characters would have been like, I don't know. Oh, it's just a toy. No, she immediately is like, there is supernatural horrors going on and a creepy toy that's going to eat me. Uh, So then the lid pops up and nothing seems to jump out and she's staring at it and then you see just like the beginnings of a face or something peering over and then it cuts back to her and whatever she sees freaks her out she screams we cut away and just see the the van shaking as it eats her yeah presumably um so yeah we got time to krampus and time to the first kill pretty quick in this movie it was like 25 minutes yeah 23 something like that yeah yeah so uh then like we're back at the house with everyone else uh just kind of like huh i wonder where teenage girl went um and then the rest so we start getting more and more built up worry and realization that something is bad bad is happening uh but one thing that is kind of going ongoing in the background is that omi seems real scared and not terribly surprised (laughs) by what's happening. Uh, So it's pretty clear if you're paying attention that she knows what's happening. um, And she is just tending the fire and being like, we got to keep the fire hot. That's her whole deal for a while. Um, And no one is questioning this. No one's like, why is the old German lady, (laughs) like, or Austrian lady, uh, worried right now about this blizzard? Um, I do like, uh, spoiler... Or to jump ahead slightly, 
Uh, Krampus apparently doesn't know how doors work. <laughs> yeah, no, it's he just only goes chimneys. through chimneys. Yep. So, because that's the point in keeping the fire hot is that Krampus can't come down the chimney. Yeah, or won't if it's too spicy down there. So, yeah, I just like that the doors were available. If you don't have, like, a fireplace with a working chimney in your house, I guess you, you're fine. Krampus can't get you. Krampus cannot enter your home. Stay If you live in a trailer, you are perfectly safe. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, Just don't go outside. Just don't go outside or Krampus gonna get you. But, yeah, so eventually they start to worry about teenage girl. Uh, the dad and the uncle decide to go out because the uncle has a hummer because of course he does yeah um and is like oh yeah i can handle any weather like i can swim drive across the ocean in this shit like yeah well he specifically says because uh adam scott that's his name right yeah that's the dad yeah adam scott is like uh can you drive around in this weather and he goes man if i pointed her due east i could be storming the beaches of normandy by tomorrow morning yep so oh yes cool the hummer's name is lucinda lucinda something like that something like that it it has a name um and so they get out into the cold in this car and are driving around and they're like wow this is a lot this is like there's no visibility, there's no one around, and they kind of start to realize that this is worse than they thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, the radio, AM, FM, all of it's dead, and they're both like, I'm sure it's just the storm, but you yeah. can kind of tell they're starting to realize that this is there's something weird happening. Um, so they go to the boyfriend's house looking for the daughter, and uh, it's frozen over inside and out. There's like a gingerbread man nailed to the fridge with a butcher knife which will be clarified later um and just kind of weirdness and i think was the chimney blown up no yeah the chimney krampus had made an entrance yes uh so like the wall over the fireplace was just split open like something too big to fit in the chimney came down the chimney um but we don't see bodies or anything Mm -mm. they're just like something came through here it was bad everyone's gone what the hell uh so they're starting to freak out they go back to the car they get a bunch of guns out of the back uh or a couple of guns each of them gets a gun and they start looking around they find an abandoned tow truck uh and as they're like looking at i think it's as they're looking at the tow truck that something attacks i'm trying to remember exactly like the timeline here yeah it's Um, all good but Something attacks the uncle from under the snow and bites him and starts dragging him like freaking Jaws or something. And he's screaming and Adam Scott uh, ends up getting the gun that the uncle had given him and shooting at whatever's under the snow and saving the guy. And they start to limp back and they find Lucinda just destroyed. Yeah. Um. So they manage to limp back to the car to the house. They look like shit. They are bright red from like near frostbite, um, and freaking out. And everyone's like, "What happened? Where's daughter? I don't remember the daughter's name. Beth. Beth. Okay, where's Beth? So and they're like, "Ah, oh my god, that was really bad." But they try not to scare the kids, so they don't like go into specifics. They're like, "It's fine." Yeah. I just stepped on a bear trap under the snow, and Max is like, "We don't have." 
bears? Yeah, this is like suburban New Jersey or yeah. something. <laughs> There's no bears well, here. Well, I guess that's true. Suburban New Jersey, there could be bears. But... Right, but not to the point that your neighbors would have no. bear traps <laughs> in the yard. Um. So yeah, they're so they're kind of like theorizing. I think you. The subtitles let us hear more than we could actually hear uh, in the dialogue that I guess uh, the uncle is theorizing terrorism. Yeah. Um, because clearly something has been attacking the neighborhood and the cars and everything. Oh, and the tow truck's uh, windshield was busted in by something large. Uh, so there's like all of these little clues that things are bad as well as being actually attacked but they didn't see what attacked them so then i'm not going to go into every kill because honestly i lose track of like what order and how things happened but like uh they all just kind of hunker down in the living room by the fire uh the uncle's going to stay on watch but he falls asleep and then a meat hook on a chain with a gingerbread man on the chain falls down the chimney when the fire goes out and one of the cousins wakes up and is like cool free free gingerbread man and tries to eat it uh and then it comes to life and is like ah and he's like ah and then the gingerbread man wraps the meat hook chain around this kid and it yanks him up the chimney the adults all wake up they try to drag him back uh do not succeed kid gets yanked up the chimney and is gone and they're like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, this is when things... They they all start to grok that something is going very yeah. wrong here. Yeah. And I don't remember exactly when Omi finally, like, tells them. I think there's... Is it around here? I think there's another couple... So basically, to breeze through it a little bit yeah. quicker, um, this movie transitions into kind of being a haunting movie. Yeah, people which, get picked off. Yeah. One or two at a time. Within the house, which I want to talk about in more detail. Yeah. That kind of transition. But yeah, um, after I think the girl cousins uh, get picked off or Mm -hmm. or attempted. They go upstairs to use the bathroom and then. Yeah, get attacked. uh, Get attacked. By by some stuff, by some Krampus henchmen. Uh, I think that's when Omi reveals everything. We actually swapped to this really cool like animated sequence. Yeah, there's a really great animated flashback to Omi's childhood. Um, that's kind of got a Coraline vibe. Yeah, it does. It looks sort of Coraline-y. Um, yeah. And it's really cool. And basically it's her in the village she grew up in and everyone was like miserable and bickering and an asshole around Christmas and little girl Omi was not not okay with this and got really upset and basically did the same thing Max did but with like a stuffed Santa Claus toy and she throws it into the fire and accidentally summoned Krampus and then hid in her room and listened to Krampus and Krampus's minions drag her family to the underworld. And apparently the whole village uh, got got. Yeah. Uh, so and Krampus just left her a little jingle bell that says yeah. Krampus on it. Which I love that he signed it. Yep. Like, <laughs> here's this doom bell. <laughs> And I put my name on it, just so you know who did this. Yeah, it said something else, but it's in German. I don't know German. I don't know if you I could. Yeah, I don't know what it said, so yeah. I don't know. Um, But yeah, so we get this explanation, and uh, Uncle Gunnut clearly just doesn't believe it as, like, fairy tale bullshit, but, like, 
dude, you just got attacked by something under the snow, my man. Um, maybe believe the <laughs> the old German-speaking lady about monsters. Um, but the others are kind of like, huh. And they clearly are like, I don't know whether to wholeheartedly believe this, but it's not, it kind of fits what's happening. Yeah. So, um, but what they don't do is sit her down and ask for details and weaknesses and strategies out of this, uh, which is what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> but. Well, at one point they kind of do ask her like. What, the kids do. Yeah. The kids are like, what can we do? And this is the point at which Aunt Dorothy, like, the woman says, or Omi says something. In German. In German. And Aunt Dorothy, who does not speak German, but gets the vibe, goes, she said we're fucked. And Omi's reaction is this, this. Shrug. Shrug. Like, <laughs> like she's not wrong. Yeah, she's pretty accurate on that one. Aunt Dorothy's clocking it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, basically, Omi's whole message is like, oh, yeah, it's Krampus. But that's not helpful. Yeah. Because Krampus is unstoppable. That, yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, so monsters start attacking everyone. And we start to get actual looks at what is attacking people. Um, so to break down some of Krampus's minions real quick, uh, there's the living gingerbread men, uh, which end up attacking Uncle Gunnut in the kitchen with a nail gun. Yeah. Um, there's... Uh, and a bunch of toys that have come to life. So the jack-in-the-box is now much bigger because it grows when it eats. And it's got, like, the the spring, the fabric-covered spring thing is, like, massive now uh, and full of, like, you can see the shape of people in it. Because full it, of kids. Full of kids because uh, it's, like, a snake. Mm-hmm. Um, people, And we see it, like, swallow a child. And it's got, like, a creepy clown face that opens up the jaw and you see teeth and flesh underneath yeah it kind, kind of, of looks horrifying. like the alien mouth like it's got mandibles it kind of reminds me of uh the vampires in the strain and in blade 2 so guillermo del toro style vampires nice um with the way the jaw splits in two yeah it's it's good stuff um some nasty body horror ish monstrosities uh and they also get attacked by, like, there's a little robot toy that tries to stab Adam Scott. Well, does stab Adam Scott. Uh, there's a weird, like, bird thing. Bird doll. I don't, I don't know how. Yeah, this weird, like, I think it might have been an angel doll that came to life and tried to eat people. But it mm-hmm. has, like, bird wings It's and, like, a porcelain doll face. Um, and a teddy bear with big teeth. Uh so lots of, like, Christmas toy type things come into life and eating people. Um, and also tiny gingerbread men who are kind of adorable. Yeah. Uh, in a homicidal sort of yeah, way. Yeah, murderous, but yes. adorable. Uh, and try to stab someone with, like, a candy cane that's been, like, sucked on to a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, which had to happen because uh, Trick or Treat had a lollipop with a bite taken out of it as a throat slashing weapon you had to do the same thing with candy canes um so yeah uh the family is like basically trying to survive and keeps losing children (laughs) to the monsters um and then they all end up in the living room again and 
uh, they get attacked by, I guess, elves slash Yule lads. Uh, the internet tells me these are meant to be the Yule lads, which are another like pagan folklore type deal. Um, but they just kind of snatch some more people. And then the family makes a run for the tow truck to try to escape. And more and more of the family keeps getting picked off. Omi uh, stays back in the house to try to confront Krampus. Uh, but Krampus is just like, hey, good to see you. Here's a bag of toys. And then the toys eat you. eat you. Yeah, I was really hoping to get like an exchange in German where she's like, like, we meet again or something. And then yeah. he'd be like, oh, the little girl I spared or something. Yeah. But nope. He just like unveils the bag of murder toys. Yeah. Um, but we do get a good look at Krampus in that moment. Uh, and it looks like he's wearing like a creepy Santa mask or something under this big hood. And he's got really long claws. Yeah. Uh, and he's just really hunched over. Yeah. Um, he's kind of hard to describe. Just look up pictures. It's really cool. It's a yeah. great character It design. is a great character design. Um, but yeah, so basically the family... It, What's left of this family gets picked off real quick, like yeah. at this stage. People are just getting yanked under the snow. Uh, the It really picks up pace. And then it, we end with Max and one of the girl cousins in the tow truck. And then the cousin gets yanked out and it's just Max. And then Max in front of Krampus and Krampus is like, here's a bell. Here's a bell, motherfucker. <laughs> um, and Max is like, well, fuck, I guess I'm Omi in this situation. Um, and then, oh, and does give him back the pieces, the crumpled pieces of the letter to Santa Claus, just to confirm that that is what summoned him. Yeah. Um, and then Max grabs the bell and like basically runs after Krampus and is like, no, no, I want my family back. Uh, and you see the elves have like the weird altar and it looks like they're about to sacrifice the girl cousin and... Um, it's it just is like escalated to lots of pagan imagery and chaos. Uh, and then Max is like, no, I want my family back. I know you can give my family back. Uh, take me instead. And Krampus and the elves just kind of laugh and a big hole to hell opens up in the ground. They throw the cousin into it. And then Krampus picks up Max and throws him into it. And then it's Christmas morning and everyone's fine. Mm -hmm. And it's like Max wakes up and is like, okay, what just happened? And goes downstairs and everyone's getting along, kind of. Yeah, it's really idyllic. There's like a bloom filter yeah. on everything. So everything's like really bright and cheerful. Yeah, it does not feel real. Um, and But Max is like, everyone's alive. I love you all so much. And doesn't even mind the cousins being assholes to him. And it's just like very happy and chill and then someone hands him a present and he opens it and it's the bell and everyone kind of looks at the bell and you see their faces kind of freeze and you hear flashback lines from earlier in the movie mm -hmm. and as everyone i guess gets their memory yeah back. they seem to remember again yeah and then the camera pulls back through the window out of the house and then through something that turns out to be the wall of a snow globe with the house in it yeah and then we see krampus's hand placing the snow globe on a shelf and it pulls back further and there's shelves and shelves of snow globes with houses in them. Yeah. Um, and that's the end. So it's very ambiguous whether they're like caught in a time loop where they just 
deal with each other for eternity or if they're like what happened it's not clear what happens yeah. um so yeah that is krampus uh kind of a chaotic uh description for a kind of a chaotic movie yeah no i think you did a really good job that was that was the entire plot yep um yeah so i guess that means uh the question now is um what do you think of krampus I enjoyed it. I think it was really fun. It was fun. I think my expectations were, and I, I knew this going in even when I first saw it, uh, I my expectations were elevated to this movie's detriment by my love of Trick or Treat. Yes. And the fact that I can't stop comparing it to Trick or Treat because there are some things that they have in common that like remind me constantly that it's the same creator. Uh, and Trick or Treat is like the perfect movie. Trick or so, Treat is... So good. Yeah. So I, I I want to apologize in advance that I actually enjoy Krampus, but I feel like a lot of my specific things I say about it will sound like complaints. Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't, I think I would still have those feelings, but I think uh, they're stronger because I am inadvertently comparing it to Trick or Treat. I can't help myself. Yeah. Um, this so, movie, yeah. to uh, to give you my review really quickly, this movie is a blast. Yes, it it's, is really fun. It's super fun. Uh, so if you're looking for a Christmas-themed horror movie, there's weirdly a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one we, we can recommend for sure. It's pretty good, and it's available on Peacock yeah. for free yep. with ads. Well, not for free. We pay for Peacock. Oh, we pay for Peacock. Okay. Well, you can rent it. Um, <laughs> give Jeffrey Bezos your money uh, or Bill Gates or whoever. Um, I will say, it. how do I describe it? It feels very disorganized. Yeah. Well, do you want to do one word real quick or do you want to wait? Yeah, I think that would be my word. This movie is disorganized. disorganized. I was going to say messy. So This movie is messy. Yes. Yeah, because it's really inconsistent on... Um, like you said, so we have this like disjointed, like really cool intro of like people at a Black Friday sale it's or a Christmas great sale or scene. whatever. Yeah, yeah, and then they tie it into the plot, but it's like not really. I like I forgot about it. Yeah. Um, it's very separate from the vibe of the rest of the movie. Yeah, and then up until minute twenty three, it is sort of this like at home drama sort of thing with some comedy elements and yeah then, like you said like on a dime it's like oh shit we're in a horror movie yeah it um, feels like this movie has a message but it doesn't know what the message is yeah just something about like the spirit of christmas and like belief or something the words that came up when omi was talking about her flashback where hope and sacrifice were like the spirit of Christmas. Yeah. Um, the sacrifice of giving. And then it kind of comes back at the end when Max confronts Krampus and is like, I know you can bring them back. There's the hope. Take me instead. There's the sacrifice. But it doesn't seem to get him anything. No. And then Krampus chucks him in the hell hole. And then they're stuck in a snow globe. Yeah. So, it, <laughs> so. it's... It's sort of like, is that the lesson? I don't know. I'd like, I don't need it to have a lesson, but it feels like it's supposed to. Yeah. And I think, so we talked about this a little bit last night, but uh, I wish this movie had focused more on the haunting aspect. I, yeah, I think this movie could be 
really creepy uh, if it wanted to. And I think the potential of that is distracting from what the movie is actually doing sometimes because there are moments like the creepy snowmen and like uh, the scene that you were talking about. Do you want to describe your favorite? Yeah, my favorite scene is uh, Omi and Max are hanging out upstairs and they've boarded up all the windows and doors. So Max is like peering out through the window with a pair of binoculars just to see what he can see. And he's scanning rooftops and then he sees Krampus. Mm hmm across the like the house next door he sees krampus on the roof on the roof and then he acts like really scared and then looks again and krampus is gone so it's just stuff like that like it has this like potential to be a very like classic trapped in a house haunting horror movie yeah um but it really so i don't know because on the one hand i was thinking like it'd be hard to get a full hour and a half out of that but no, There's no. tons of movies that do yeah. horror movies that do we're trapped in a house. Here's an hour and a half of us being haunted, uh, being slowly picked off and stuff like that. And it doesn't. I mean, you can do that with monsters, too. I mean, Alien. Was, yeah. People describe Alien as a haunted house movie in space. Mm-hmm. And that is really effective. Uh, but they didn't commit to that. Uh, they were working so hard on making it Christmassy that I think. Yeah. I, yeah. Sorry, even, go on. even the central aesthetic of this movie is somewhat disjointed. Yeah. Which we talked a lot about because, like, you have this pagan deity, basically. Or yeah. This pagan entity. Kind of. It's got strong pagan vibes. They lean into that with Krampus itself. Yeah. Krampus and the Yule Lads. But then you also have all this modern. Like the Jack in the Box and all the minions. Like there's a robot minion that attacks Adam Scott. Yep. Um, which it did take me out a little bit. The fact that like we can't really seem to nail down an aesthetic. Whereas like Trick or Treat to contrast <sighs> yeah. is like bang on for just Halloween the whole time. Trick or Treat is so tight. Yes. It is constantly aware of exactly what it's doing. And... Because I was thinking about, like, would an hour and a half be enough time to really, uh, if you wanted to do these minions, you need, I think you need to, to do it right, connect it to something. Like, you need a reason that gingerbread men are here. Yeah. Because just because they're Christmassy, it's, it's kind of weird and takes you out of it to be like, and Krampus has gingerbread minions. Wait, Why? Yeah, well, they never they never really truly explain why Krampus this like because they Omi mentions that Krampus is pre Saint Nicholas. Like, yeah, like this ancient thing, ancient evil basically, or ancient spirit kind of thing. But then for some reason he's got all these modern like Christmas yeah trappings. Um, like he looks kind of like fucked up Santa. It's a great design. Yes, but he definitely. So is it that he, Santa is like echoes of? St. Nicholas's Echoes of Krampus, or did Krampus, like... I, it's just super unclear how it all sort of ties together. Yeah. Um, versus, like, Sam in Trick or Treat. Yes. Uh, not, not podcast Sam, but uh, <laughs> Sam doesn't wear sackcloth over his head, uh, his pumpkin head, as far as I'm aware. Um, yeah. 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 Um, listeners, go watch Trick or Treat. Yeah, just trick just watch our it. It's so good. Our treat. Yes. It's, um, 
you'll if you've ever been to a spirit Halloween, you will recognize <laughs> some of it because it has been embraced by Spirit Halloween as like the mascot of Halloween, even yeah. though it was a direct to video movie that is kind of just a cult film. But it is incredible. Uh, but yeah, I was gonna say, like, if we wanted to try to explain the gingerbread men in any way, like I don't need like a detailed exposition, but I would like some kind of connection to why these are Krampus minions. Uh, I was like, but I don't know, maybe they wouldn't have time to do that in an hour and a half. But Trick or Treat has four entire stories. Yeah. And none of them feel underexplained. All mm -mm. of them feel tight and perfectly uh, positioned in themselves and together to add up to this whole Halloween entity that just is the spirit of Halloween as a threat. Yeah. <laughs> and it's great. And I think you could do that with the spirit of Christmas as a threat. Uh, but I feel like it kind of forgets that you need that uh, tie together. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. It's just a little... A little disjointed uh, mm -hmm. in some ways, but there are some really cool moments. Uh, it is still a fun ride, and it has some interesting aspects like, excuse me, um, the thing that I love the most about this movie is that there are very few horror movies, maybe The Conjuring with the Warrens, mm -hmm. where someone is in the picture who knows exactly what's happening. Yeah. So, like, Omi is, like, on top of it. Omi knows, <laughs> oh, yeah, shit, this is Krampus. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, no one is, like, sitting her down and, like, grilling her about what to do about Krampus. Yeah. Which is just, because, like, it's like if uh, taken Sidious, like, you know, the demon is, is haunting them um, or tailing them and Insidious and the dad... If it'd be like if there's a neighbor who's like, yeah, you've got a demon. Yeah. <laughs> and he'd be like, what? Oh, yeah, that's Bob, the demon. Just... Yeah, that's Bob. That's him. Um, Here's what to expect. Yeah, it's like if you could Google your own haunting um, and get a bunch of answers. Yeah, so. I would add a caveat to that. There are actually quite a few horror movies where that happens, but they're all sequels. It's usually like, yeah. oh, shit, we've got another ghost face. Or, oh, no, Freddy Krueger is back. We got to deal with this guy again. Sure. I thought we defeated him last time, but I guess not. Um, but, like, it's, it's just, it isn't a sequel, so it's not, like, an expected part of the thing. Plus, most of the characters don't know. We have one character who is like, this is a sequel to Omi. Yeah, I was about to say that. To For everyone Omi, else, it is this a is sequel. the first one. <laughs> And it didn't, the first movie did not, it ended Rogue One style yes. for, for Omi the first time around. So the sequel she knows is not going to be any better. What do you think of the ending of this movie? The snow globe-ness of snow it all? The snow globe, yeah. Um, I am kind of of two minds about it. I kind of love how just that shit ambiguous it is like i feel yeah. like there's something really fun about being like oh this ending is gonna piss off some people 
because we're going to leave you hanging on like, why are they in a snow globe? Are they in a time loop? Are they ever going to be able to get out? What What is the purpose of the snow globe? Like, I yeah. kind of love that they're like, figure it out. Um, but I also am kind of one of those people who I do want to know. I want to know, like, is this a time loop of hell? Or is this a, you're in here until you learn your lesson? Because, hey, maybe, like I said, it feels like there's a lesson to be learned here, but we don't know what it is. Maybe that's because the characters didn't figure it out by the end and they get a couple more rounds to try to figure out whatever the weird lesson is that Krampus is trying to teach us. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm a little less into it, Yeah, I think. Because it's like in, in music, there's it's not like you, you can fade out on a song, but in general... The age-old wisdom is that uh, a hard stop is better than a fade-out on a song. Sure. Um, like, it's better songwriting, supposedly, to, like, actually have a, a finish. That makes sense. Um, yeah, so I feel like this is a fade-out versus an actual, like, punctuated end to the movie. Because, like, Trick or Treat really, like, ends. Oh, Trick or Treat's ending is fantastic. Yeah, like, you know, you have the the... Uh, culmination of every of the stories that came before it uh, and it just sort of like it has a really satisfying end not a lot of people survive trick-or-treat <laughs> and yeah. that's fine we are okay with this totally fine um, and I almost feel like it would have been better if everyone had just died yeah. But if we'd made more of a deal of these deaths, because like we got Tony Collette here, yeah, who we know from Hereditary can act the shit out of a mm-hmm. horror movie. Um, she's a real screen queen, like she's got it going on. Yeah, and her death takes about ten seconds, if even. Yeah, where she just gets sucked under the snow. She says, "I love you," to Max, and then gets sucked under the snow. So, I think they committed really hard to this like reboot ending. Like, where the time loop has, you know, continued. Sure. And it was either all a dream. Well, it wasn't a dream because the Krampus bell is there. So, like, yeah, it's just, it's really ambiguous. And I kind of think it would have been more interesting if Krampus had dropped the bell. um, And Max, like, maybe the storm lifts and Max is just there. Yeah, and has to live with having massacred his whole town. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Trenton, New Jersey is now gone. (laughs) (laughs) I I do think that would have been interesting. I don't know. I feel like... I feel like the imagery of the snow globe among snow globes with Krampus's hand, like... Oh, it's badass. ...is so cool. Yeah. Uh, That might be a lot of what's selling me on it. It's metal as hell. Yeah. And it was used on the poster. Like, there's... Yeah. It's it's a great image, Uh. But but yeah, I, I definitely see your point. I think your version of the ending uh, could have worked really well. I think you also touched on another, like it, this isn't so much about the ending necessarily, but just the, the fact that so many of the deaths don't feel dealt with. Well, you pointed out a really good thing or a, a really key difference between this and Trick or Treat and a lot of the other horror movies that we watch or mm-hmm. they're going to watch for this podcast. Yep. Which is that this movie's rated PG-13. Yes. People get sucked under the snow, but we don't see them die. 
Yeah. And part of that feels like because their death would have been too gory for PG-13. Yeah. Um, we do see, like, glimpses of some things, but for the most part, and it, I don't know, it, I think the PG-13 is part of it. I think also part of it is they're being taken rather than killed. Yeah. Maybe it's honestly not totally clear because things are trying to stab them and there are teeth with the things eating them. But we also see people get swallowed whole and it's kind of implied they're still maybe rescuable. Yeah, I almost think, I mean, would it have pushed them into our territory if people were being killed instead of not necessarily consumed? There are a lot of like weird rules about showing violence uh, for rating purposes, but you could definitely have shown some things uh, if you're careful about it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think this movie should have been R mm-hmm. and should have ramped up the violence more, which is such a horror fan thing to say. Like, I need gore. Yeah, I think I'd be okay with them just being taken and ambiguous if that was then dealt with. Yeah. Like, if we got some stuff at the end where they were all strapped to an altar to be sacrificed to Krampus or something. Sure. That could have been interesting. Um but we don't get that either. Like we it's all I'm not against leaving things to your imagination, but you gotta show something. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of like weirdly tell and not show with the murders or just like a lot of off screen or under the snow yeah activity so it doesn't have the same heft as like trick-or-treat when sam ganks somebody yeah um which also sometimes like doesn't necessarily show things happening Mm -hmm. um like but like you'll see the weapon in sam's hand and then you'll hear it and then you'll see it covered in blood and then you'll see a decapitated head later like you know There's no ambiguity about what happened, even if they don't necessarily show it happening. Yeah. Um, it's way more satisfying. Yes. Than just sort of disappearing people. At least in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's just for the gore reasons. I think it is. There's a there's no satisfaction to like you don't get the like cathartic moment of like you know what's happening even if you don't see it i don't know yeah that's so weird maybe we should let's put a pin in that the catharsis of violence in horror movies is a really interesting thesis Mm -hmm. um but to uh we gotta we gotta nail down some things really quick because we're oh yeah we are running out of time we're running out of time so one jackie did we see boobs we did not we did not which is uh, kind of to be expected with a modern horror movie. Um, yeah. We'll keep an eye on that. And a PG-13. And a PG-13, of Family course. Christmas film. Yeah, ostensibly. Sort of. um, yeah, so conditions were not ripe to see uh, any boobs. Uh, I would be really curious to track the difference between the time period we're watching for this project, like like 1970s, 80s, early yeah. 90s movies. Versus modern movies as far as nudity, gratuitous nudity goes. But we aren't going to really get any opportunities to track that because nothing we're watching. Yeah, because this is a one-off Christmas uh, present for y'all. Yeah, It's a little gifty. Yeah. Uh, But then we're going to go right back to watching uh, like 80s horror movies. Yeah, pre-90s. Pre-90s sex. Um, 
Yeah, so there's that. What was your favorite kill? Uh, the kid getting swallowed whole by the jack-in-the-box monster. No Amazing. question. Uh, I, mostly because it's the only one that's like clear what happened, I think. Yeah. How about you? Favorite? Um, I think it's Omi. Because mm. that that was really cool, the standoff where like Krampus like sees her, clearly yeah. recognizes her, and then still like murders her with a bag full of murder toys. Yep. Uh that was really cool. I dug that. So that's probably my favorite. Um yeah, do you have anything else that you wanna sort of discuss around? Uh, we, Krampus. we said we'd talk about it. Uh, so let's talk about the release date, why that is significant. Yeah, because uh, Adam Scott has this little moment with Max, which, one, Adam Scott and Tony Collette seem to be great parents. They do, yeah. Um, they're really understanding, it seems like, and have raised, like, solid kids. Their kids seem really cool. Anyway, um, Max is like, why are they here, the, the extended family? And Adam Scott has this whole thing about, like, you know, it's part of families that uh, we try to, like, put up with them and find common ground. Like, we Mm -hmm. we work to find, uh, even though we don't have a lot in common, maybe that's the point, that we work to try to find common ground. And this movie came out in 2015, and if y'all remember, 2016 pretty polarized some shit. Yeah. Um, So, (laughs) it's funny because... This logic makes sense pre-2016. Yep. And then post, a lot of people decided that human rights weren't really important. Yep. So that sucks. <laughs> yeah. I was saying how relatable this was as a Christmas experience where your extended family comes over and you don't see eye to eye. I have some family that is uh, very right wing and very, I mean, they've always been uh, we've always had a few people who were pretty extreme in my family. And I think what changed in 2016 was not their views. They did not need to become more extreme to become like someone you actually don't want in your life. Uh, but what changed was that they became more of a threat. They weren't, it wasn't just talk at that point. Yeah. Um. So like, I think before, in 2015, it was a thing that you could be like, okay, just avoid talking about it, get through it, and then you don't have to talk to them anymore for a while. Um, And then 2016, it was like, crap, I can't just write them off as like... Yeah. Right-wing nutjobs anymore. They're they're like a problem. Yeah, which I think you, you said this last night and I didn't really believe it, but now that I'm thinking about it, you said that this movie would be very different post-2016. And I think it I w- would. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that, but I think you're totally right because the end of this movie has the bloom effect moment where Max is hanging out with everybody and everyone's getting along and life is great. Um, but it it would have been, like, the message would have been very different post-2016. Yeah. Finding common ground is not possible with fascists. Yeah. So... And, like, the... The relationship between Uncle Gunnut and Adam Scott, uh, one day I will learn character names, um, <laughs> and their relationship, like, does actually, like, they bond. They mm-hmm. go out and they risk their lives together. They save each other and the guns turn out to be useful and, uh, at least temporarily, they buy them time. Yeah. And 
they kind of connect and the uncle thanks Adam Scott for saving his life and basically says, I'm sorry for always thinking that you're useless. And Adam Scott gets that look <laughs> that's a very Adam Scott look of like, okay, I guess. Yeah. Um, But like, if that was like, but I'm still going to vote for you you to be murdered or yeah. something like it's it just would feel different in today's world i feel like there'd still be that the guns turning out to be useful um would have to be kind of ironic nowadays it would not i'm not saying that anyone who likes guns is automatically that level of fascist no but dude um, is dude is portrayed as like is. an nra nut job yeah and um, he's like they uh he and his wife make snarky comments about the main couple being democrats at one point yeah. like it's pretty clear that this would be a trumper family yeah um also there's like a lot of implied sexism with the uncle of him like wishing his daughters were boys. He's kind of a shit, which yeah. is why. Uh, and I just realized this. Um, I turned to you and said at the beginning of this movie before Krampus shows up, and it was like, I hate these people. Yeah. And but that's part of the horror movie aesthetic. Is like you grow to hate the people because they're gonna get murdered. And then they kind of didn't. Like, yeah, it it felt like you were supposed to like watch them learn and get along. Um, and I don't, I don't think you could quite get away with that now. Uh, yeah, and then it also wasn't very satisfying when they did get ganked because you didn't have the actual ganking. <laughs> you didn't have the actual ganking, and we kind of had this undercurrent of like finding common ground mm-hmm. and Christmas spirit, family is important kind of stuff. I, it was just. It's yeah. a mixed bag for sure. Yeah, I think there's there is something to be said outside of this movie in just don't do Christmas with that part of your family anymore if you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm I'm a big found family person. You don't need to stick with your family of origin for all eternity yeah. if they're assholes. Yeah, boundaries, folks. You know, yep. we're a very pro boundaries podcast, always have been. <laughs> um yeah, weirdly Krampus bringing out some of the more <laughs> leftist stuff Yeah, on this uh, podcast, uh, which is funny because we've watched a lot of cop movies. Um, that is true. But, you yeah. You have. Um, I watched them next to you a lot of the time. True, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to add about Krampus. Do you have anything? I think that's the big stuff. Okay. Do you have a final quote? Well, let's do oh, the back matter, yep, first, back matter first, and then I have a doozy of a final quote this week. Um, but yeah, folks, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this holiday special, this Christmas-specific special from a Jew and a witch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, bitch and Yule, everyone. Bitch and Yule. Uh, happy belated Hanukkah, and then uh, Merry Christmas to all that celebrate. We hope this is a nice little gift. For you on the special day. Um, if you want more content, uh, you can find us on patreon.com slash hanksypanksy. Throw us a little bit of money. We're talking just like a little bit of that stocking stuff or cash. And you get a huge amount of content. I mean, we've got tons of stuff, including other Christmas content. Like we watched uh, this Mel Gibson Santa is John Wick movie that I don't remember the name of. Um that one was real interesting. And if you want to hear us talk about Mel Gibson as two Jews, um, 
<laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, a little bit of money, you can get all that. Uh, if you give us enough money, you can be one of Hanks's heroes like Tuck and Daniel. And fellas, I would make sure Krampus doesn't show up at your house and you get the actual Santa, the Coca-Cola Santa instead. Uh, yeah, you'd have a much better time. Otherwise, we're on all the socials. Just Google us. Uh, I'm going to be really lazy about that one today. We don't do Twitter because Elon Musk loves Krampus. Krampus for president is what Elon Musk keeps saying. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um yeah, still email us at hanksypanksypod at gmail.com with anything you got going on. We will read your letters unless you say otherwise. And uh, as far as I know, no one's emailed us about um, what you call the night before Halloween where you live. Um, yeah. So if that's if that's something you want to do. Still curious about that one. Yeah, throw it at us. And if you did email, I haven't been able to get in there and check and <laughs> Sam's on parental leave. So apologies. Anyway. That's it. Uh, yeah. What's your final quote? It is. I haven't been this hungover since the Pope died. <laughs> I love that one. Thanks for listening. Uh, happy holidays, and we'll catch you guys later.